<laughs> you don't know. I don't either. No, so we can keep the nice cars, so we can keep the power on, so we can put the kind of food that we want in our belly in, so that we can go to the movies, so that we can buy this, that, or the other thing, so we can do that. That is the lifeblood of this nation. That's why the president's trying to get the cash flow going again. People working. Cash flow stops, and the nation starts going. And that's my point this morning. And it's been my point for the last four weeks now, ain't it? I've been doing this, or five, six, whatever it is. Just where does God set in our life? How important is he to you, Justin? Well, you got dressed and came to church this morning and spiffed up. I almost didn't spiff up, but I said, you know what? I'm going to spiff up today. And I'm glad I did, buddy, because I didn't want you to be alone. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter what you dress in. What matters is what sits here. That's what matters. We need to pray for Willie and Margaret. They just called Willie into the hospital this morning to share some information with them. They're going to do a colonoscopy on her tomorrow because she's been passing blood through her bowels. You know, she went in for this. They thought it was a blockage. They figured figured out it was an infection. She's been in there for over a week. Can you imagine what they're thinking right now? Can you imagine? Maybe you've been on that road. But our God is able. Do we believe that today? Do we still believe that? Or do we just pay worship and pay pay homage during church times or speaking the church garble or the church language? Do we really believe that today? He is able. Do we believe that he can work through us? Because I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't able. You can take 10 gallons of oil if you want and pour it over somebody's head and half drown them and put your hands on them and you can shake, rattle, and roll while you're praying. But if it is not the power of God, it's just a little bitty bottle of oil and you're shake, rattle, and roll and I have no idea where it came from. Maybe you're mimicking things you've seen. I'm talking about the power of God. And yes, his power does do some shaking. And I'm not taking away from it. That's for you and him to figure out and walk with, okay? But I believe that somebody can go into that hospital and he'd be healed. You know, Buddy and Geraldine, they, they told them this week that, you know, he, he had to fill out the paperwork for do not resuscitate. They're going to cut off the defibrillator to his heart because his heart's getting weak. And if he dies, it will continue to shock him until somebody cuts it off. Not good for the family to see and not good for somebody maybe touching him, maybe get a shock too. So those are decisions that they've had to make. And can you imagine if you were told that today? As your pastor, I'm here to let you know if the Spirit of God talks to you with truth, what he is in essence doing is telling us the same thing. If we don't do the book, if we don't let the word of God have power in our life, can I tell you something? You are dying. Hell will be where you spend eternity. It's that simple. And if he is our Lord and if he is our God and as we grow, if we let the truth come in and we blossom, 
then the power of God will flow through us to make a difference. Because we got examples in the early church. The title of this message, this is Overcomers, part number six. Sweetie, would you dig out my spectacles out of that bag, please? I know they're in there amongst that junk somewhere. And the, the real title is, Why Are We Motivated? And we're going to look at the why of that. We've been asking a lot of questions, haven't we? Uh, hopefully, we're trying to get some answers. Thank you. <clears throat> And I just made me some notes here, but let me ask you a question. And then we're going to lead to something here, but have you ever had something not work out exactly right? I'm not talking about your career, although that might fit in. I'm not talking about the relationships, you know. Thank God I got sweetie and some of the girls that I dated, I don't have them. I've seen them and I'm glad I don't have them. I didn't know why I didn't have them when I didn't have them no more, but I'm at this point in my life, I thank God that they're not in my life. Hang on to him out here, he ain't going to get away. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is stuff. What I'm talking about and the reason I want to bring this out, let's take your car for instance. You get out of bed and maybe you're running late, maybe you're not running late, but it's time to get to work. And we all know we got to get to work no matter what, unless the boss says we don't have to. And then we're like, whew. Unless, of course, he says you don't have to and I'm not paying you. Then we're like, oh, I hate the snow. Because that's going to mess up my bills. But you get out of bed, you walk inside, and you get outside to your car, and you hit it, and it goes, click, 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 click. Does anybody know what's wrong with it by what I just described? Battery's dead. How is it you know that? You've experienced it. Do you get frustrated? Because it's, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, it's a, 33 degrees and it's mixing sleet, rain, and snow and it's coming down hard. And you got to get to work. What's your next level? Frustration? You've identified the problem. You got a problem because you can't get there. Now, the reason that you're running late is because you understand what the car can do. What if you lived 100 years ago and you had to ride a horse? The horse wouldn't start. No, I, but you would have, you would have, you would have, the point I'm trying to make here is, is you, you, you understand what the potential is. And that's where we're going today is why we're motivated. You see, if we're not motivated to let this series come into our hearts, if we're not motivated as believers to let a change happen within us, nothing changes in our church, nothing changes in our community, and the real question then becomes is do you really believe it? Because we get frustrated. Now Charlie here, he's, he's my tech guy. I got a problem, I call Charlie because I don't understand all the intricacies. But there's even stuff that is above Charlie's head, right Charlie? But there are people that know, maybe Justin if he was here, that's what he does for a living, probably can figure out a problem just like that. A couple strokes on the computer, he's got you up and running again. 
But for me, let, let's just use my, my cell phone for a moment. Oh, we won't go there yet. Let's touch on the TV. Football game's coming on tonight, right? Super Bowl. Woo! Super Bowl's coming on. What happens if the snow covers up your satellite dish or it knocks down the wires and now you can't watch it and you can't even tape it? Because there's another message tonight, by the way, at 6 o'clock. And that's when the Super Bowl is starting. Now, if you've got a DVR, you can record it and start it from the beginning. Just don't talk to nobody so you don't know. That's what I usually do. But when it don't work, we get a little frustrated, right? I really wanted to see that. Or, or we can even put it down and we didn't want to watch this, but I've got to know what the weather is. You know those people, 6 o'clock in the evening, they got to turn the TV on because they got to know what's going to rain tomorrow. Right? What's the weather going to be? It's going to be hot, cold, rain, snow. What's it going to do? And if the TV don't come on, their whole routine gets messed up. And the reason that they get in this place is because they understand the potential. At 6 o'clock, they can get the information that they're seeking. If my cell phone, this thing right here, is an awesome thing. <clears throat> it can also be an evil thing. But I don't use it for evil things. But if it stops working... If it stops working, it changes the way I'm doing stuff right now. And I can get frustrated. Have you ever gotten frustrated because something didn't work? Danny, have you ever come in here and maybe the words didn't click up or anything like that and you feel this overwhelming thing of stress? Why? Because the show must go on. We've got to sing. We've got to lead the people in the place of worship. We've got to get this thing going. And now your dependence on the thing has caused you to lose your joy. How in the world can you lead somebody to worship if you have no joy over something that messed up? Do you understand what I'm talking about? We're going to get there this morning. The reason that we like this, I mean, take this thing right here. I can email somebody on the other side of the world right now, and if they've got internet, they can read it, and they can email it back. I don't have to wait for, for three or four weeks' worth of snail mail, get on a plane or a ship to go over there, for them to get it delivered to them, for them to read it, and then for them to respond to get back to me. It can happen within a matter of hours. When I was in India, I took pictures, and whenever I had signal, when I had power while I was in Nepal, I would get on and upload stuff on Facebook so Sweetie and the kids would know. Why? Because I was up when they were snoozing, vice versa. And instantly, they could get on and see what was going on, know that Dad's okay, see what's, kind of get a picture, but it's our way of communicating. I can remember like 40 years ago when I was a little boy and my sister and my brother, both my sister's husband and my brother, they, those two guys joined the military. And whenever they got on the, the bus, because they didn't ride a plane at that time, they put them on a bus and shipped them off to where boot camp was. They didn't get to use the telephone. And even if they did, it would have been long distance from San Antonio, Texas to Richlands, Virginia. We were poor people. 
Does anybody remember how long-distance calls worked back then? You didn't make many of them, and when you did, you said what you had to say, and whoever was on the other end wrote down what they needed to because they wanted to help you save a buck because it was a lot of bucks to communicate. Or we resorted to writing letters and putting them in a mailbox, and a few days later, Mom would get it. She'd get pictures of, of, of Jim and of Sis, and she would start crying because she was missing them and glad they were okay. But then something else happened. They got stationed in other parts of the country. And so do you remember the time frame that weekends between like 1 and 6 was the time to call because the phone companies felt sorry for you and gave you a cut rate? And with that cut rate, it was cut more than it was, but it still wasn't cheap. Can you imagine talking to somebody? I'm honest, you talk to your parents daily? Almost? Can you imagine if you did that and a five-minute call cost you $10? You wouldn't talk to them quite as often, would you? Well, that's what it was back then. When Sweetie and I were dating like 23 or 24 years ago, 25 years ago, this old boy had some $600 a month phone bills because we couldn't say, I love you, and get off of the phone. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. Well, if you love me, you'll do it. No, if you love me, you'll do it. $600 we wasted over junk like that. Can you imagine, didn't we, sweetie? And then we'd get off on another topic, and we would be talking even more. And I, the whole time, I'm like, boy, this is going to be tough. I could have my house paid off and be retired living in some far-off country Right now, living the life, if I didn't have those phone bills while we were courting. We, uh, yeah, you did, but you was local. So, the point I'm making is, is now that we have that, but even then, can you imagine the people a hundred years earlier, how they would have loved to have been able to pay $5 for that two-minute phone call to say, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. They didn't miss it because they didn't understand or they didn't, had never experienced it. And we as the church, if we've never experienced the power of God, and, I, and I'm going to say a statement now, it's going to blow some of you over. All this missing the power of God that once was, let me ask you, was it really of God? Because if it was real, you'd be doing everything you can to get back to that spot. Hello? Am I right on that? Because you understand what it was. You understand what the potential was. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're at this place that we get frustrated because we understand what the potential is because we've been there and when something stops working, we start looking for solutions. Am I right? When our frustration level goes to the moon and back over something, we start looking to fix it. We start looking to see what it is that's going to change it. All because we understand what can be. This morning, do you understand what can be.
do you understand that somebody in here can have the power of healing and could walk into the hospital today and walk down the corridors of the hospital and just when your shadow goes by, people are immediately healed and the hospital's empty out. Our economy would crash because we are so dependent upon the medical profession and the money that flows, it would wreck our economy. Can you imagine walking down the hallways of the hospital and your shadow flashes by, and it's not you, by the way. See, that's where we're at. We're, we, we think about us. No, it's the power of God. We sing about it this morning. It's the power of God that makes the difference. And when you walk by, when you walk by, and this shadow comes over, whatever is hitting this man and bothering him, whatever this man and this man and this lady and old Chuck, whatever is going on will be gone and taken care of. If the power of God was so strong on me, and I wish it was, that when my shadow, which is touching you now, you would be restored. Don't mean you're not going to die next week or you're going to die next week when God says it's time. Nothing says we have to be sick. Nothing says we have to go through that. But as I showed you in Scripture, as we've been doing this series, sometimes we're sick because it's to show the glory of God. And therefore we're putting ourselves out there so that people and other people can know the glory of God. That's our service. Sometimes we also know that he told the guy, he said, go and sin no more lest something more worse comes on you. He didn't say more worse, but that's my words. <laughs> something worse comes on you. Well, we know that that's a sickness that's due to sin. Either way, we know that there is a power that's there. So I'm going to ask you, do we believe what the Bible says? And if we believe what the Bible says, then we would do everything in our power to go there and experience that. If we don't believe it, we won't. And that's the whole purpose of this series. See, we know what the potential is. And without knowing what our potential is, there will be an absence of the desire and drive to achieve something if we've never experienced it, right? If we've experienced it and it didn't, just didn't fulfill us and something didn't happen, then we don't want it anymore. That's what I'm talking about. The fake stuff. I don't want it no more. We need the power of God to be back in our lives, inside of our homes, and inside of our churches so that there can be a difference made in lives. And the devil just don't beat us up all the time. You remember what Israel went through with Achan? You remember a few weeks back? They went to Jericho, and, when, and everything went well. Nobody was killed. Achan steals. Achan don't suffer so much at the time. But they go to Ai, a much smaller city, and they are suffering. Why? Because sin came into the camp because of this guy. And they're thinking, what in the world is going on? They're looking for solutions, and God gives them solutions, and then they have to act on it. Remember, they took him and they stoned him. And then they went and won again because the Lord's anger was, was kindled or went away from them. What about Paul with the Corinth church, church of the Corinthians, the first and second Corinthians? Remember what we've been reading? That some of them are sick and weak and dying. 
Why? Because they're not taking care of, they're, not, they're looking out for number one. They're not taking care of each other. They're going to do the Lord's Supper and they show up early so they can get the good food and the good seat and the best wine before the other people come in. They want to get drunk. It was all about taking care of the flesh rather than honoring God for who he is. And he said, that's why some of you are weak, sick, and dying. That was the issue. That was the issue that was going on. You see, their personal preferences outweighed the greater good of the community that they were in. They wanted to take care of number one, and that's where we're at in this world. Let me ask you, what about you? Are you willing? Are you allowing the desire that God has placed in your heart to live a full life in His presence and witnessing dynamic spiritual transformation? Is that what you want? I can't make you have that. But God says he's put his divine nature inside of us. His divine nature is, is that's what we have. His divine nature is that yes, when the Spirit of God says go and sing, you go and sing. When the Spirit of God says go and lay hands on somebody, you go and lay hands on them. And that's when healing happens. It's not because of what we do. It's not because at a quarter to twelve we have a healing line. If God led us to that, then there's going to be miracles. If God didn't lead us to that, I don't care how much you shake and walk around, but if Martha comes through and she ain't better now, something's going on because somebody missed something. Say amen. Please let me know that you're at least hearing what I'm saying. I need, I need some feedback here. We got to be hungry. See, when we're hungry, God will feed us. When we're not hungry, we won't even look for food. Right? This is the food from God. This is manna from heaven. This is the word. And I haven't even read a scripture yet, but you know what I'm talking about. Or are you avoiding the temporary discomfort of the truth? You see, if we avoid it, we will never be delivered. We'll never get to the place that we need to be. And that's not good. I'm telling you, folks, this is getting ready to turn around on looking at self and, and all this, but... You see, this series will heighten our effectiveness as a church. And if we want to, it will only affect us as a church if we want to. We can play lip service all day long, but you see, you don't get to fool God. He already knows what's in the heart. Oh, well, we want to see this. Well, we want to see this. If we want to, I know he wants to, and there will be an effectiveness in our church. And it will enhance you with greater fruitfulness, fulfillment, and intimacy with God if you want to. If you don't want to, it's not going to happen. You can't blame me and you can't blame anyone else because I'm telling you this morning that God Almighty wants to move in a powerful way in our community of believers right now today. What happens if the Spirit of God falls on this place and, and you all just go out and tell people, look what you missed. Huh? I bet the next snowstorm comes, you'll be showing up at the house of God because you want some more. Why? Because you've experienced it. You've had something that's real. You see, nothing says that it's going to fade away. So maybe I am working for the devil for the last seven years. I'm telling you, if you've experienced the power of God at some point in your life, seven years don't matter. 20 years don't matter. You hang on to God. 
You understand what I'm talking about? See, whether or not God's going to flow in here has got absolutely nothing to do with me other than my walk with him. It don't affect you. How bad do you want to? How bad do you want to is the question. What should be our vision for our church? I'm going to give you the answer. The desire and motivation to continue searching out and rectifying what hinders us from our potential. That should be the motivation of our church. Not 18 events this year to reach 3,000 people. The motivation of our church should be searching out and rectifying what is hindering us right now, where we're at for the last day, the last year, the last five years, the last 10 years, the last 40 years, whatever it is. That should be the motivation of our church. That should be what we're looking for. And this is a message that, you know what, I always hear with it. Nobody ever preaches on this no more. Well, I'm preaching it today and ain't nobody here to hear it. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. Anybody have any idea what that's about? Some of the older folks was here, they would tell me probably. It's about the rise and shine of the church. You ever heard that? Okay. Here we go. Isaiah 60 and 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Did you see that? And deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. That's not just for the church of God. That's for the body of believers. It's not just for the church of God of property. It's for you as a believer in Jesus Christ. Arise and shine. Why is it that we get so meek and lay down whenever he's telling us to arise and shine? Maybe we don't believe it. If we walked it, and we've been there, we will. And I believe that he is speaking of our present day. Isaiah is saying that deep darkness is going to come upon the people of the earth. And we are living in such a time. We are growing further and further away from God. And not just the atheists and the agnostics or the people in the cults but many who profess being a Christian, many who profess being a follower of Jesus Christ. Darkness comes upon them. 2 Timothy 4 and 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. See, Isaiah is basically saying back what he said, and then Paul comes in, and they're basically saying that authentic believers are going to stand out. Authentic believers will stand out. Have you ever heard of a flash dark? Anybody? No? Somebody kill them lights real quick. Every one of them. Every one of them. I want us so dark in here. You, well, we can't do that, but 
If it was totally dark in here, that's the mess of the thing I wanted to show you. The least little bit of light will cause darkness to flee. You go ahead and cut them back on, son. Thank you. You see, you started taking a lot of them away, but a few were still burning and we still had light. We still had some light. No matter how dark it is, light will overcome and expel darkness. I don't care if it was so dark in here you couldn't see nothing and you lit a match. You may not be able to write art on the wall back there or read what words are written back there, but you'd be able to see not to stump your toes. Light will overcome and expel darkness. Jesus says that we are the light of the world. What does that look like? We should shine in a way that unbelievers will see his glory, his greatness, his wealth, his power, his abundance, his honor, and his might. That's how we should shine. And it should weigh upon us. It should be heavy upon us, his honor and his might. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of his power may be of God and not of us. It's going to come from within. That power will come from within. That light will come from within. And that's what Isaiah was talking about. We're to be shining. We should be a light for the world. Our church should be a light for the world. You and me as individuals should be a light for the world. Arise and shine. Do we believe it or not? Ripley's got a good, good show. Believe it or not. Do we believe it or not? Oftentimes what we believe is exactly what we will do. Danny, come up here and get this $100 bill out of my coat pocket. Actually, I got five of them in there. You believe that? Okay, then go sit down. <laughs> See, you followed what I told you to do, but when I asked you the question, you really didn't believe it was there. Exactly. What if I told you today the power of God was falling at five minutes after 12 and every person in here will receive what God wants to give them if you want to? Do you believe that? See, we hold back because we're not sure, don't we? And doubting is not faith. Oh, I'm in church, I'm supposed to say yes. Okay, say it all you want to, but if it's not in your heart, it doesn't mean anything. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. This power will pierce through any darkness that would try to stand in our way of our mission. That's what the power of God will do.
That means our brothers and sisters are hurting. Our mission is to take healing to them. Our brothers and sisters have fallen astray. Our mission is to take truth to them. Not something false. Truth. Because the truth will set you free. Nothing else will. The preaching of the word of God is something that's powerful. We're going to look at some scriptures here in just a second. You see, this power will come from our hearts out of our earthen vessels. Why isn't his magnificent greatness being revealed through us to our society? Are we so, are we, many of us are weak and dying? Why, why is that the, the case? Is it due to our tolerating sin, the sin that weakens us? You as an individual, you as an individual, don't let, don't let the world come and tell you that you can't live a holy life. The Bible says that Jesus came as our example. I told you a few weeks ago that now is the time. Now is the time. Not someday in heaven. Now is the time. The kingdom of God is in you. Now is the time. Now is the time for us to shine. Now is the time that we stand up. Now is the time that we stand up. Every time the devil wants to put a little wedge between us, we stand up and let the light shine and the devil has to flee. We've been studying in Sunday school how Jesus was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit and the devil came and did what? tempted him, changed the word of God, trying to get him to a place, and Jesus overcame. He withstood him with what? The word of God. We have put so much emphasis on how well I will treat you, uh, whether or not I will bring you a baked good, whether or not I'll do this or that, whether or not our brothers and sisters will do this or that, and we have gotten away from the word of God where the power lies. I used an example in Sunday school this morning of two people. One person. I was advised to do very well by this person because they got a lot of money. <laughs> and they're going to probably leave their inheritance for this church because they got nobody. And two people were very close together until a snowstorm came. Can you imagine? A snowstorm. And a person couldn't come and take care of the other one. And the other one just got so mad at him. You're supposed to be here for me. See, it didn't matter how many thousand times they'd been there for them. What was the motive in the first place for being there? How come they never reunited? I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus wasn't in the middle of it. Call it what you want. The motivation from the beginning was not about Jesus. The motivation through the trouble was not about Jesus. Why do I know that? Because they are still like this. The person actually left our church simply because, and just in membership only, they never graced the doors of this church. They took their checkbook and left. Because I try to tell them, look, you're going to have forgiveness. And every time I would talk to him, well, don't you think, don't you think? No, I don't, because the word of God doesn't say that. And that would make that person so mad. Why? Because somebody else had been patting them on the back 
buttering them up for a very long time. And when truth landed, they chose not to have it. If that person doesn't get it right, I've, treat, I've preached it to you. It might be the day at judgment that they'll find out. Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. You never let my love come into your heart because if my love comes into your heart, there is nothing a human being on this earth would do to you or your family or anything else that you can't have forgiveness. Ain't that what we face with Jesus? That bitterness crept in. Bitterness. I did my job by ministering. You get it or you don't. But my hands are clean. God says you go and knock on that door. Guess what Ken's going to do? Ken's going to get in the car and Ken's going to drive a distance away get in and knock on the door. But if not, I've got plenty of other places to be. And I'll follow his leading. I'll follow his leading. Amen? I've got to soon move on because I have not hit all these notes. And they're good. Good notes. Let's look at our potential the early church now that's who our example is right Jesus is our example we had the early church that's our example how many was in the upper room 120 what day was it the day of Pentecost what was so special about them They were all in one accord. They were united. See, Jesus told them to wait and receive the promise of the Father. The reason the 120 waited and received the promise of the Father is because they Believed him. He appeared to 500 people. Where's the other 380? Where are they? They didn't stay to the upper room. It was just 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven that the day of Pentecost came and there were only 120 out of those 500. Did they view his directive as optional? Did they think that what he had to say was just a good suggestion? Did they think that it was too difficult to follow it and to fulfill what he had to say? Maybe they just believed that they could serve him as they saw fit. See, 1 Peter 4 and 14 says, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed of you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Do you see that? The spirit of glory. It's God's glory. It was on that day that the Holy Spirit came. His spirit of glory came. And that's what they were waiting on. See, the 120 were baptized with the spirit. But what made them one? It wasn't that they held their own opinion. Pay attention to this statement I'm going to make. It was their resolute obedience to the word of God 
And they did not see it as optional. Obedience. Obedience to the word of God. And they didn't see that it was optional. Thou shalt not lie. They took it for literal meaning. Thou shalt not commit adultery. They took it for literal meaning. Thou shalt not have no idols before me. They took it as literal meaning. They believed what Jesus said and they went and they stayed in this upper room and they prayed. They were of one accord simply because, you know, maybe they didn't agree on whether they had cornbread or biscuits during those 10 days. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but we do know that they were of one accord. They were united. What were they united about? They were united about Jesus because Jesus said the promise of the Father is coming. Stick around, guys, it's coming. And they toughed it out for 10 days. It's easy for us to get sidetracked, isn't it? It was his glory that filled them, and 3,000 were saved on that day. They didn't hand out flyers. They didn't have advertisement. There was no meeting even scheduled. And yet the greatness of God was revealed to the entire city on that day. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do I need to read all the scriptures for you? On that day that they were filled, later on there was something else that happened. A crippled man he was healed and he ran through the temple and 5,000 were saved. Peter and John were arrested before they could even give an altar call. It was the power of God that was moving. Jerusalem was turned upside down because of the power of God. They all heard the mighty rushing wind. They all heard them speaking in tongues or they were speaking in languages that they knew these guys couldn't understand but they were learning about the revealed things of God through their own language because these people had been filled with the Spirit. They learned of God's goodness. They saw miracles being done in the name of Jesus. At one point, they all prayed and the building shook. Folks, the Bible doesn't exaggerate. I believe that whenever they prayed, the building was doing this right here. It wasn't some shaking that was going on in their bodies. It says the place where they were was shaken. And I believe the building shook. You can call it an earthquake. You can call it whatever you want. But it happened at the very same time that prayer was going on. At the very same time they were talking with God. At the very same time that they were in one accord with God. I believe the place was shaking. I believe what the Bible says. How about you? In Acts 4 and 34, nor was there any of them among, among them who lacked, for all were possessors of lands and, and houses or sold houses and bought the pro, brought the proceeds of the things that they were sold. They didn't have any needs. If you got hungry, come over to my house, I'll feed you. They didn't have any needs. You didn't have to fit in a certain criteria for me to feed you. No, do you believe in Jesus? Okay, I'm going to feed you. Do you need something? Well, maybe that's where the power of God would show up for somebody that's about to die starving and say, why did you feed me? Oh, because Jesus told me to. Well, tell me about this, Jesus. Now you've got an opportunity to witness. Don't make them do a background check and see if they're worthy or not. They're worthy if the Holy Spirit says they're worthy. Amen? Come on, folks. That's the kind of change that's got to go on inside of us. We have to see that. It has to be real in our hearts. 
Well, he's just an old dirty bum. He's got a bottle of liquor left. But the Holy Ghost says, give him 10 bucks. Give him 10 bucks. Let, let God do what God's going to do. Is he not powerful? Is he not great? Can he not change that situation? And he needs somebody to do it. Oh, but I worked hard for my money. Let me tell you something. You got a job because Jesus Christ says you got a job. You got the house and the 18 cars and the four and a half kids or whatever it is, all because God blessed you. And he wants to work through you. I just did our finances for the church this year and we came through, oh, we just came through just barely above, but we was on a plus side. That's what I've been looking for for the last seven years. Get to the place that we're using what God has given us and we're still floating. And I'm going to tell you, at the last day, I was wondering, are we going to make it? And I said, no, I ain't worried about it. It's his. And at some point, God says, you know what? I'm going to come through. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We put back into motion what God gives us. In Acts 15, that's where I was telling you about Peter walking through the streets and people were healed just by his shadow passing by them. It says that in verse 16, Acts 5 and 16, it said, Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And it says they were all healed. Everybody that they brought, they were all healed. Do we believe that or not? The world says, oh, well, all of them would. No, the Bible says that they were all healed. Everybody that came, they were all healed. That's because that's what God wanted done. We know that Philip in chapter 8, he went into Samaria. Now, Philip wasn't even one of the preachers. Philip was put in there to bust tables for the widows. But the Holy Spirit sent him out to go and he went into Samaria and he started ministering. And what happened? People got saved. We know that Simon the sorcerer started following and he wanted a part of that. We know that story. But the thing is, is that they got saved. Many were healed. In verse, uh, chapter eight, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 7 says, Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. There was something that was going on when these guys showed up and it says there was great joy in that city. In chapter 9, in verse 32, we know that Peter went, in, into, went into Joppa. Uh, no, he didn't go into Joppa. He went, in, he went into the parts of the country and a lady by the name of Lydia, she gets... What happens to Lydia? Anybody know? She's raised from the dead. Do you believe that story? Is it real or not? What was so special about Peter? <laughs> His obedience to God. That's what was special about Peter. He stayed around and he waited for the Spirit of God to fill them. He knew that what Jesus said was real. If you're sitting here today and you've sat in a congregation and they told you that don't happen today, I'm here to tell you it does. I'm here to tell you today, you can be filled by the Holy Spirit today and your life will change forever. And I'm going to tell you this, you'll also have to keep going back and keep getting refilled and keep getting more and keep getting more and keep getting more. It's about a walk with the Lord. It's about obedience to God. It's about staying in the Word. Peter was in a maximum security prison and an angel showed up. And what happened? He got out of jail. What happened? The jailer and all his family got saved. Why? Because the power of God was being seen. 
And it wasn't just happening in Jerusalem. It was happening all around in Acts 19 and 10. And it says, all who dwelt in, in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Folks, they didn't have planes, trains, automobiles, bicycles. They didn't have the internet, newspaper. They didn't have all this advertising. No, all they did was follow the leading of God, and they gave the word of God. They will never, you'll never make me believe different. People say, oh, there's more to passion. There's more to ministry than the word of God. Let me tell you something. That's a lie straight out of hell. Because there is nothing more powerful than the word of God. I can come and see you and I can mess up next week and be your buddy for the last seven years and all of a sudden you'll hate me because I didn't act the way of what you thought I should. There is nothing more powerful than the Word of God. There is nothing more powerful than the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. There is nothing more powerful than when the power of God falls and people see miracles. Why? In the name of Jesus, not by the speaker. Don't put my name on no sign. I don't want no name on no sign. I want Jesus to be lifted up and Jesus alone to be lifted up because it's Him who does the building. It's Him who does the healing. It's Him that sets the captive free. It's Him that takes those who are backslidden and gets them back on the right path. It's Him that will touch those that are healed that are sick and bring healing in their bodies it's him that will touch those that are, get warped in their minds and we get tunnel vision sometimes because that's what the devil brings but he'll let the word of God come in and he'll pick us up and he'll lift us up and he'll get us to where we need to be let me ask you something brothers and sisters sitting here today could God use you let me see your hand if you believe it put your money where your mouth is there you go if you don't believe it then he can't. I've got a question for you then. Just how close is your walk with him? He used the uneducated, the loudmouth, the inexperienced, the opinionated people back then, and he can use us today. You see, there is no worldly standard that says whether or not we can be used of God at the, any given moment that his power can be seen. Because it ain't about you, it ain't about me. It's about Jesus. Do you believe that it's possible to see miracles like those again? Well, do you? Do you need a miracle in your life today? I do. I need strength. I need a miracle in my life today. I need God's strength. It's easy for us to lose our focus. It's easy. Let me ask you this. Do you want to receive all that God has for you? Then come and talk to him about it. Just come and talk to him about it. Maybe you need a healing in your body. Come and talk to him about it. Maybe you need to have better understanding. Come and talk to him about it. Maybe the world has put all kinds of things on you. Then you come and receive from Jesus. Nothing says. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, these things you've seen me do, you will do in greater. Are we at the greater? We understand our potential, right? Or, no, or do we? If we understood our potential, we'd never leave this altar till we received. 
we understood. If we really believe. That's why the world, they don't hear the message no more. They don't, they don't believe in a Savior. You know that Jesus can save you? If you're sitting here today and you're not saved, do you believe that Jesus can save you? If you believe that, then you'll come and get received because the Holy Ghost will be prompting you. And he's probably prompting a heart now. I don't know. Because he's wanting to do something different. And maybe, maybe he wants you to do something different in your life for his purpose. You see, our lives are not ours anymore. But the reason we seek out things is because we understand what the potential is. And I'm scared to death that the church has been in such a rut for so long. Nobody really expects anything more. You see, 40 years ago, everybody was waiting on Jesus to come back. Let the hippies do what they want. Let the drugs do what they want. Let everything do what it wants. Have you been resurrected yet? Have you been raptured yet? Have those graves out there opened up because Jesus come and got people yet? No, but now we're whining and complaining because there are gay ministers in, in denominations. Now we're whining and complaining because we don't like the word that gets preached. No, I just don't see it that way. And yet we'll never have the conversation to sit down and reason it out like the Bible teaches us. We'll just get our own following. Here, you come and follow me. They're wrong over there. Oh, that guy's not right. You see, it's all selfishness. You want the power of God working among you again? Make him Lord. Repent. I don't have much time to get this message over to you folks. God's calling out to you. Repent. I pray that those who's not here today will take the time out of their day to go online sometime this week and let this message come in, let this series come into their hearts. Time is running out. I don't have much time to give you more. We don't repent. Do we become like the church at Corinth? Buried under sand? Just a blot in history? You want to be more? Come and pray. George, give us some music, please. Do you want to?